Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. No intro, no music. We're back. Hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. Uh, we we just keep having great great guests on the show. Um, I didn't think we were going to potentially be able to top our last episode we had with Greg um, uh, Greg Cosell, and then uh, joining us today, Mister Baldy Breakdowns himself, uh, Balden, <laughs> Mister Brian Baldinger um, uh, from the NFL Network. Uh, how you doing, Baldy? I'm great, Adam. I mean, it's happy Mother's Day out there. So, you know, we, we had our Zoom Mother's Day uh, little party with the family and all the relatives and everything. So it was good to see mom. Uh, she's doing great. But, um, you know, we're all trying to get back to normal, you know, whenever we can here. So we're all choosing. Whatever. Football is going to be a big part of it. So the schedule came out this week, and that's that's cool. I mean, you know, but we're we're getting – we're getting into this off season here now. We gotta, we, we you know we gotta we gotta figure this thing out here pretty soon. I, I can't imagine I can't imagine life without football, man. I, I've never had it. it it's no. it's 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 impossible to think of. It's impossible to think of. Um, I'm not gonna even give Baldy's account information on Twitter. You you know his information. You know his breakdowns. Is that a is that a Baldy breakdown? Head? What? Come on, man. Come on, we gotta promote, man. I'm down here in South Florida. Branding. Man. It's branding. Inside. I gotta keep the sweat out of my eyes, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, so we're just gonna get right into it. Um, so you you you're the first guest we've had on who who've played the game. I played into high school level, so I can't even imagine your expertise. Um, a debate that's going on right now is with the release of Larry Warford, there's that gap at at, at right guard. Yeah. Uh, the thinking is, with do you leave McCoy at center 
or do you move him to right guard and put Ruiz at center? I don't think people like people who don't know the game understand that for a year, Drew Brees got comfortable with McCoy at center and with potentially a, a shortened training camp. I think it's kind of maybe like a stretch to potentially just think that he's just going to move to right guard and Ruiz is going to come in as a rookie and, and be center. How, how difficult, can you explain to the listeners how difficult that is to that transition and also quarterback getting familiar with the center, how that, how important that is? Well, when they drafted Eric McCoy last year, you know, they, they traded twice to move up to grab Eric McCoy. He started 39 straight games at Texas A&M. And he went in there and he started 17 straight games. And I don't remember, I don't recall, I didn't watch every single snap. I watched a lot of them. I don't remember a bad snap. I mean, that's the first thing, the play starts with the snap. And obviously Drew went from a center that was, you know, very experienced and, you know, had it kind of suddenly retired and all that kind of stuff. And it looked very, very comfortable. And I thought McCoy played great, to be honest with you. I thought he was very, very, very good. Um, I was surprised that the Saints with their 24th pick took Cesar Ruiz. Not, nothing against Cesar at all. I mean, I, I live right down the street from where he grew up in Camden, New Jersey. Um, we all know him, you know, and three-year starter at Michigan. Um, I thought he was clearly the number one center in the draft. They tell me he has played guard. So my inclination is that, and I haven't talked to Sean uh, or anybody. You know, I, I, I know um, Dan Rauscher, the offensive line coach, real well in New Orleans. Um, he's a great coach. I haven't talked to him about what their plans are. Nick Easton played a lot of guard last year. You know, when uh, Andrews Pete went out, played well. So that's an option is to put Easton in there. Uh, I don't think that they'll move Eric McCoy. I could be completely wrong. Maybe, they, maybe that's what they're thinking was all along. I wouldn't put McCoy at guard. I can't remember Eric McCoy playing guard at Texas A&M. I think he played every game at center. And I, I might be wrong. Um, my inclination is they would leave McCoy there, try Ruiz at guard, see how it goes. We'll see how much kind of time we have. We may not have any time here, Adam. I mean, we don't know what the offseason is going to be. Like Sean said, we have no offseason in New Orleans. Show up to training camp in the best shape of your life. Point. I mean, that, he said that during the draft. It kind right. of caught me hard. So these guys aren't going to get time together. So you can't really experiment very much. And, you know, there's, so that's not, a, that's not a, you know, something that you can just play around with right now. They don't have time. Right. But one thing I'll say, though, Adam, is, you know, if you go back to the playoff loss, you always go back to the loss, the last loss. What happened? Uh, I vividly remember the guards being exposed and the Vikings utilizing the Falcons game plan against the Saints. Yeah. So you, you saw, you know, Daniil Hunter and you saw Everson Griffin go in against the guards and beat yep. them yep. on some of the biggest plays of the game. They didn't do it a lot. You don't need to do it a lot. We've seen Joey Bose and Melvin Ingram do it to the – you know, to the Baltimore Ravens, and it helped them win a playoff game. It is uh, – it's an adjustment that they'll just out-athlete the guys inside. Uh-huh. And they – you know, they caused some major disruption against a great offense. Now, one whole reason why the Saints lost. Right. But you got you to gotta look at what happened. And so, to me, they're looking to upgrade the interior of the offensive line. And I don't know what combination it's going to be just yet. Right. So, uh, oh, by the way, hi, Brian. This is, uh, this is Ryan, a uh, huge fan. You know, we love you so much. Where's down your here. picture at, Ryan? Why aren't you on camera? We can't do that. Well, look, I, you know, 
you know, the lighting in here is kind of bad. So, Whoa, you know. Well, that, that's not, okay, that's an excuse. You see me, I have my headset. Yeah. The lighting's terrible. Baldy wanted me on, on bid. I put the bid on for Baldy. I, I, no. All right. Hey, good night. Well, just, you know, I'm just, well, these are questions you got to ask. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't get, oh, there you are. All right, right. Yeah. Come on, you're cool. Peer, peer pressure. Peer there pressure. you go. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, one of the things, you know, Saints fans loved about your breakdowns over the years, uh, especially uh, 2017 when we drafted Marshawn Lattimore mm-hmm. and you would do the Baldy breakdowns every week. And that was when Lattimore, you know, he was coming on as a rookie and he was having some pretty good stretches there. And you were doing such a great job of just highlighting the, the real nuances of the cornerback play going on. Uh, how, uh, as far as Lattimore, have, have you seen – what was this is your overall thoughts on him over the past couple of years? Because some Saints fans just kind of worry. He starts the season kind of slow, but then there are stretches where he's just play, having brilliant play. What's your thought? Because the cornerback position is, you know, obviously a very hard position to play. What's just your overall thoughts on uh, Marshawn Lattimore? Well, I, look, I, he, nobody can get me to say anything bad about Sean. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is, you know, Glenville High School, you yeah. know, Cleveland. Um, you know, he was raised the right way. He was, uh, he was taught the game the right way. You know, he wore the deuce at Glenville High School, only the best players. Not every year they have somebody wearing the deuce. I mean, put the ball in his hands. He knows how to play football. He knows how to tackle the football. He knows how to defend it. Now, he's had injuries, and they can knock anybody down. But when he's healthy, he's an elite player. You know, when I watch him against the elite players, Amari Cooper, when I watch him, you know, against Mike Evans, when I watch him against pure number one wide receivers, I I think it brings the very best out of him. I think that's what he loves the most. I mean, he can play zone. He he can play off. He can do a lot of different things. I mean, everybody's got to be able to do that. But I think if you said to Marshawn right now in this podcast, or, you know, in this Zoom conference. Like, what do you want? That's what he wants to do. He wants to go against your number one and lock him up. And I think when he's healthy, he can do it just about as good. I mean, I don't know if he's Stephon Gilmore good. I mean, Stephon Gilmore said, you know, I mean, he was just off the charts good this year. Yeah. But, you know, he's in that category, Tredavious White. I mean, he's if he's not Stephon, he's right there. And I expect him, if he's healthy, that he'll do the same thing this year. You know, when they seize those receivers with Tom Brady, I mean, I, I mean, can you wait for the first New Orleans and Tampa game to get started? I mean, I can't wait. Uh, fireworks. I can't wait fireworks. So, you know, I don't know what Marshawn's going to do. Is he going to be on Mike Evans? Is he going to be on, you know, Godwin? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be on Mike. Yeah, he wants Evans, man. And Evans going to push off on him. Marshawn's going to say, you know what, what's going You know, he's going to look at the ref. So, look, I mean, it's on. Game is on. Brady's throwing the ball. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm a Marshawn fan, as you can tell. I mean, I love everything yeah. about him. And so we've become a little bit of friends over the years. So, but, I, but I criticize him. I criticize yeah. him, you know, when, if, it, if it's necessary. But when he's healthy, he, he's an elite player. I agree. Um, also, kind of sticking on with your, your breakdowns is just kind of your breakdowns of can't guard Mike um, and what he's brought to the wide receiver position. With the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the offense, how, what are ways that you could see Sean Payton? You know, 
no, there aren't many games where Mike Thomas gets blinked it out, but there's some times where a defense will, you know, a good defense coordinator will have a good scheme where they can limit um, Michael Thomas. What can Sean Payton do with having a true number two with Emmanuel Sanders finally in the offense? Do you remember week 11 against the 49ers? You remember I, that game? I mean, it was, I the best, it was the best regular season game of the year. Me and Ryan talked about on the last podcast in terms of complete offensive brilliance from Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan. It, okay. So, you know, they're down two or three scores and Sanders goes 75 on a double move and it gets the 49ers right back in the game in one play, 75 yards, double move saints are 49ers in the end zone and they're right back in the game. I mean, yeah. that's Emmanuel Sanders. He is an elite route runner. Now, look, Michael, Michael Thomas wants 140 catches. Believe me. I mean, he's greedy. He's greedy to – I'm not saying this in any kind of, a, you know, right. detriment. I mean, he, he's right. greedy. He wants the ball. In every situation, he wants the ball. Double teams, third downs, red zone. He wants the ball. No doubt about it. But Emmanuel Sanders is an elite route runner. And he, he's got subtle moves. He's got to get – you know, Drew Brees has got to get to know him. And field now, he had pretty quick timing – you know, with, uh, with San Francisco this year when he came on board from Denver, which is a good thing. But I, I thought he got on board pretty quickly. In fact, the first game, like I thought him and Jimmy G had pretty good timing. So I don't know any quarterback that wouldn't want an elite route runner because let's face it, if you can't beat me man coverage, then you're just not going to be a good player in this okay. league. Right. Yeah. And so that's what you're going to get. You're going to get predominantly some form of man, even if it's cover one, cover three, you're going to see almost exclusively man coverage. So if you can't beat it and beat it quickly so your quarterback knows you know, he can throw it, then you're going to struggle. And that's what Sanders could do. I mean, he can beat your number two corner. He could beat your slot corner. He can, if he goes out wide like he can, he can beat your number one corner. So, I mean, I, I think it's just – you know, they've been playing, and there's no offense to anybody, you know, but they've been playing a bunch of free agent wide receivers. Mm, uh, and that's not to knock Trey Quan. You know, he's had his role. Speak but, on it, Baldy. Speak on it. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, look, I mean, I, I don't want to knock anybody, you know. Um, you know, Drew Brees has thrown touchdown passes to nearly 70 different players, and a lot of them have been free agents in New Orleans there. Um, I don't know if any quarterback in the league has thrown as many different touchdown passes to different receivers. But, like, I – I think they need an upgrade. And I, I think yeah. that that's why he's there. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of Saints fans expected to draft a, a wide receiver in the first round this year. But uh, think I think they are kind of fine with what they have there with Emmanuel Sanders. And, I think um, they went through it with Traquan, you know, yeah. and they're like, these guys aren't a slam dunk. I don't care. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great receivers in this draft. Well, you know, I mean, Drew Brees has got one. Maybe two years left. You know, I mean, maybe takes the NBC offer. I don't know. But he's yeah. going to play this year. Like, just give him a guy that knows how to play right now. And let's, like, let's, let's uh, ball up, you know. Let's go win a tough division. And let's get some more playoff games inside that dome. Let's start winning them, you know. And let's, let's take a shot to get to Tampa. You know, Super Bowl 50, whatever it is, 55, 56. So, I mean, I, I think that was sort of let's bolster the offensive line. Let's give Drew the better protection. Um, let's get nasty up front with some guys. And, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's go finish this thing out. That said, so they, they don't take a receiver at 24. And I, we, me and Ryan talked about this. Like, the receiver's kind of like that 
that shiny Christmas present that all fans, you know, of football teams want when the draft. But it seems like they are comfortable with adding adding Sanders, having Taysom Hill's role still be what it is, if not more expanded, um, as well as they, they did take Adam Trapman in the third round. Um, I foresee uh, kind of a, a renaissance of Sean Payton util, utilizing more 12 personnel, even potentially 13 personnel with Cook, Hill, and Troutman. Um, how, what do you see that in terms of how, how that can be, how Sean Payton can use that to dictate things against the defense? Well, I mean, he's always going to have, you know, uh, he's going to have every package available. He's going to have, you know, the deepest playbook possible. Um, you know, so, you know, every game is game specific. And so, you know, like Doug Peterson ran a lot of 13 personnel the year they won the Super Bowl in 2017. It was really, really valuable. I mean, you put run formations out there, you sell run, and you play action pass, and you get a couple tight ends that can run like Troutman or Jared Cook or whoever, uh, you know, along with Michael Thomas or Sanders, whatever combination. You got, you know, you got AK-41 back there. I mean, you got a lot of options off max protection, play action. I mean, you take your shots. I mean, all that stuff, you know, is in play right now. And, you know, I think you have to, you have to factor in what Tommy Stevens is going to be um, in this offense because they fought Carolina tooth and nail to get them, and then they drafted them. Uh, they weren't not going to come out of this draft without Tommy Stevens. I mean, um, you know, he's just going to be a valuable chess piece. And I don't know what the packages are that Sean Payton is going to is going to create with him. Nobody knows, but they drafted him for a reason, and he's going to be active and he's going to be a part of this game plan. Ooh, that's going to be fascinating. Um, another player I just wanted to ask you about before we let you get out of here. Uh, I don't know how much you – I know you watch so many players, but Marcus Davenport. You know, I've seen Saints fans, you know, considering what was given up to get up to go draft him. I've seen some Saints fans throw around the word bust. I hate that word. I think that's ridiculous. And if you watch them play, you know, you shouldn't even use that word, in my opinion. But what are your, you know, just in over your, your breakdowns over the years, what have been your thoughts on uh, Mark and De Marcus Davenport outside of the whole injury thing? Yeah, well, look, I mean, he comes from UTSA. I mean, you know, it's, we're talking about a Conference USA program where he was, you know, just a man amongst boys. Um, but, you know, he had, like a lot of guys. I mean, he's got size, incredible strength. Just ask Cam Jordan what he thinks of him. Um, he'll swear by him. Uh, you know, but this is, the, this is the third year. I mean, this is the year where he's got to really show up. You know, he's got to, you know, you're, you, you get home field advantage inside that dome, that crowd noise, you've got to make that pay. And he's got to start beating good tackles in this league. He can't, you know, he just can't run around and use his length and his athletic ability to chase guys down. He's got to beat tackles this year. Hmm. And so, you know, just in his own division, Donovan Smith is there, all right, you know, at left tackle. They, they you know, Carolina has brought in, a Pro Bowl left tackle. Uh, you always start in your division. You know, you, you've got, uh, you know, you've got a very good caliber tackle in Atlanta. So, you know, you got to be, you got to be good left tackles. And that's where he's at right now. And I, I can sit here and say injuries, all, you know, nobody cares. Like, you're in your third year. This is the year that you got to show the Saints. You got to show Saint fans. You got to show the league that you belong and you are worth uh, you know, what they traded to, to get up to get them a couple number ones. You, 
you you got to you got to demonstrate that this year. This this is a huge year for him. He's played enough football to understand what the game is about. That you know that that uh, his talent is is right on par. He looks a little stiff, you know, which is not a great thing, you know. But there's different ways that you can win in this league: length, strength, power. There's different ways to win. So he's he doesn't have the greatest flexibility at his size. You like him to bend a little bit better than he does, but that's all right. You know, he's got to he's got to stay low. He's got to play lower. Got to get lower, and he's got to work on a counter move right now. And that's what all Saint fans should be looking for from him. That's a great. <laughs> I, you hit it around the head in terms of uh, Davenport. Um, uh, Saints' favorite over the years has easily become Demario Davis, kind of sticking with the defense. Uh, you can last two seasons, arguably probably the best three down down linebacker in the league. You know, you can make that argument. Um, the Saints, the third round again, try to get help with Zach Bond. And speaking of pass rush and Davenport, and getting more pass rush, and also maybe someone that can you know, Davis can have in terms of a, as a running mate at linebacker, there's the, there's the injuries with Anzalone, there's the injuries with, with Kiko. Um, what did you, I don't know if you had a chance to, you know, scout Zach Bond, but like, what does he bring as a player? And my, my concern for him is at Wisconsin, he did a lot of rushing the passer and the Saints potentially may have a plan where he may be playing middle linebacker or weak. How, how potentially could that transition go for him? Well, I mean, you look at the guys that have come out of Wisconsin. I mean, TJ and, you know, the guys that have come out of there playing that position, uh, you know, they, he plays just like them. I mean, he's just got his hair on fire. He played hard as hell. He doesn't hear the whistle. He chases everything. He's got, you know, he's got the ability to, to turn a corner. Um, you know, I can see him in a variety of ways, using him in a variety of ways right now. A lot of teams are blitzing their best pass rushers up the middle right now and just trying to find crevices and, you know, and, you know, shooting the A-gaps and bringing them off the ball. So there's different ways that you can do it. I'm sure they have a package for them week one, you know, to start the season. So, look, he's a, he's a third-round pick that has real skills. People thought he might go in the second round. That's probably where he was valued. But he's got real versatility to him at good size. So you can't have enough good athletes out there on defense. I mean, you got to be multiple. Uh, you, you, they move Cam Jordan around. They moved Demario around. I mean, I think Zach Bond would be a chess piece for him. Uh, whether he starts, how many plays he plays remains to be seen. But you know, it's about getting to this quarterback in the league. And sometimes you got to create it. Sometimes you just need to be as many good athletes on the field as possible. Uh, I see, you know, third downs now or the down you got to win. And so you got to be able to cover. You got to be able to get to the quarterback. You got to be able to tackle in space. I think you know the guys that are almost. Uh, positionless football is kind of where it's going. And to me, Zach Bond kind of fits that bill. Yeah. Um, Ryan, did you have another one for Baldy for you don't want to take up too much of no, his no, time? No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think speaking of positionless football, um, I, it's, I think as a, as a football fan, without having the all 22, it is almost – so impossible to really know what a player like Marcus Williams brings to the defense. Um, I get that their notion of for Saints fans, you know, there's the the Minnesota miracle. Um, and, you know, sometimes he does make plays where he may inadvertently hit a Saints teammate that may lead to a bigger play for the opposing team. But as terms of 
you know, you, you get to all 22. You see what Marcus Williams does from the free safety position and being a true free, you know, free safety. Can you just speak on that a little bit into what he brings to the defense? Because a lot of Saints fans are down on him or potentially don't think he potentially deserves an extension, which is completely wild to me. And I don't even, you know, have all 22, but just what that position brings to a defense. Well, first of all, I mean, if you're just watching – the television copy of a game, you never see the free safeties. Never. never. In your never. The only time you ever see them is if there's a big play involved, whether he makes it or he gives it up. That's the only time you ever see them is if they go to replay. And if they don't go to replay, you never see the free safety the entire day. So you, you need the all 22 to kind of watch them. So look, let's face it. Big plays happen against defenses in the league, either because there is somebody misplays a ball down the field, or somebody misses a tackle that goes for a big play. And it usually falls on the safeties. So, you know, the Saints have been a premier defense the last two seasons. He's been a part of it. I'd say the best thing that's going to happen for Marcus Williams this year is Malcolm Jenkins coming back to New Orleans. I mean, he's a coach on the field. He's one of the smartest players I've ever met in my life. Um, He is a great communicator uh, on and off the field. Uh, he, he, you know, he's a coach on the field. He doesn't miss tackles. He, in fact, I think the whole secondary will tackle better watching Malcolm Jenkins practice tackling because uh, he works on it and he's changed his form so that he could stay on the field, stay healthy. I don't know if he's missed a play. I don't know if he's missed one down in Philadelphia since he went there. He's been an elite player. I honestly, I don't think he's missed one down. Um, and if I say he missed one down, he's going to, he'll, he'll bitch at me about it. What play? I'm a big fan. I think Marcus Williams will probably play his best football when he has a true strong safety, a great in-the-box safety, a great tackling safety, and a smart player uh, playing with him. He, he'll Because safeties have to really play together. Um, when to cover for each other, um, you know, when to take chances. They really have to be in cahoots together. And you can't have one great safety in a – you know, in a safety, they got to play together. Just the way defense or offenses move you around. You've got to be in communication, you got to talk every play. I, I think that you'll see Marcus Williams with Malcolm Jenkins this year become one of the better tandems in the league. Mm. My last one, Baldy, is uh, the big question last year was, what, what's going on with Alvin Kamara? You know, I mean, you, you can see him move, it, and, he, you know, they said he was healthy, but if you watched him, something just wasn't right. Come to find out, he, you know, he had a high ankle sprain, so he was banged up, and we know what that does to running backs. Uh, do you expect him to come back to form? Uh, because, you know, with the running backs, it's just so hard to know what really, what's really going on, you know? Well, I mean, prior to that ankle injury, he was basically averaging a touchdown every game that he played. I mean, there was no, there was, it was just a touchdown machine. Yeah. Uh, he was indefensible. I mean, nobody could cover him in the league. I mean, they, they threw, drew, drew through the two guys. He threw to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. A lot of times they put them on the same weak side together and just let them run combination routes, smash routes, yeah. combination routes. And really, defenses couldn't be right. Um, he has the best balance of any back in the league. And if your ankle – and look, there used to be do surgeries on high ankle sprains and – it was torn ligaments, and they'd cast it. They don't do that stuff anymore. Guys play through it, but they're not healthy. They don't have the balance or the strength to push off it. 
and break tackles. And that's what you, you saw from him, um, you know, for much of the year last year. You didn't see him breaking through tackles and just running through and seeing tremendous battles. But I expect him to be back. I, he's still young. I don't think he's taking nearly enough hits, you know, to really be beat up by any stretch. Um, in fact, he doesn't take hard hits. You know, he just avoids them. I, I expect Alvin Kamara to look like he did his first two years this coming season. I think that added with Sanders and Mike Tom, it, you know, that has the potential to be really special. Last one, I'll get you out of here. Um, as a rookie, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, you know, kind of came on and, you know, Von Bell got hurt. Um, he was playing the knuckle and then he played, you know, strong safety. He just kind of busted on the scene in terms of just eye-opening plays he would make on the, on the defense just um, as a fourth-round pick. Um, what, what did you see from him as a rookie and kind of what could you see his role being kind of positionless football and within the defense and Dennis Allen's defense? He, he looked like the, the boss of the barn to me. Like, yeah. you know, he threw his body around and hit everything that moved and showed up and, you know, whatever role they were asking. I thought he was excellent in the nickel. I really did. I thought he was just built for it. I mean, he's built tough and he's strong. He tackles good. And, you know, those players – are, you know, and, and Malcolm Jenkins is a good nickel player against certain players. Not every matchup is good for Malcolm right now. But, you know, I, I thought he really showed. And I thought it was a good draft pick. And, you know, typically a player makes, you know, the biggest jump uh, between his first and second year now. You know, it's a pandemic year. Uh, it, it's just not getting all of, you know, the stuff that you would be getting right now. Uh, in that off season, so it's it's not the same for a lot of guys right now. But I, most guys make their biggest jump between the first and second year. I'm sure he watched every game. I'm sure he's, you know, doing the position meetings right now uh, with Peter Junta and you know the whole group back there. So I expect Chauncey Gardner Johnson to be a part of this secondary and be a big part of it. And I think it's going to be a you know a a good you know a good group all the way around. You know, from the back end to the front end, I think it's going to be a good group. Well, last one, not so much Saints related, but you're the only one that we, you know, we've talked to that I would have experience like this. Could you kind of explain how potentially unique or weird or awkward it may be for if there to be NFL games without fans since you've played in the league oh. in terms of like home field advantage and like all that? Like how unique of a situation that potentially for teams and players that's well, I mean, look, we all feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, you come through the tunnels and, you know, the pyrotechnics and the smoke and the whole group. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, if, if they have to do it, I mean, you'll find out who really loves the game because, you know, the, the great players just transform themselves and they just get themselves and they zone everything out and they just get themselves ready to play. But, you know, I think one thing that a lot of teams have gone to is, especially in preseason now, is a lot of these scrimmages. And in some ways, these scrimmages, you know, I mean, they're controlled to a large degree. Right. Um, but that's probably going to be how the games are going to feel. So I'm sure, you know, the coaches are big when, you know, I don't know who the Saints are scrimmaging this summer, to be honest with you, I don't know. But I know, like, the Eagles and the Jets. I mean, I know the scrimmages that they have lined up. And so I'm sure the coaches are saying, look, if we don't have fans September 13th, this is what it's going to feel like. So get yourself – going get yourself revved up you gotta whatever you gotta do you know if you need ammonia caps up to each nostril right now whatever you gotta do like get yourself ready to play and so you're not gonna get 
you may not get the fan base, you know, to, to really be there for you. So you, you've got to figure it out yourself. And there's always on every team a group of self-starters. And there's some guys that are just followers. And they're just, you know, waiting for the crowd to pump them up, uh, you know, to get them. And so you, just not, you might not get that. You better figure out a way to do it yourself. All right, Baldy. Thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Baldy on Twitter at BaldyNFL. The Baldy breakdowns. The when when the Saints win and he breaks down a game, it feels like Christmas. But when they lose and he breaks down the game, <laughs> we just just we just skip those tweets for <laughs> on that Monday. Um, but he he's an equal opportunist. He, you know, he lets each team has it, each player has it. That's why we love him. We love the Baldy breakdowns. I um, hope everyone in your family and all the all the women who are moms in your family, uh, Baldy had a great Mother's Day, um, and to all the you know mothers who may be listening to this, I hope you got hope all you ladies had a fantastic Mother's Day as well. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Baldy. Uh, my Thank pleasure, so Adam and Ryan. Look, we're all mama's boys to some degree, you know. Oh, hundred so, percent. I mean, the, somebody fed us all those meals. Hundred <laughs> percent. So we, we 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 should never stop paying them back. Always. Um, great day. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it now. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks, you have a good one. Okay. See you guys. See you. Good job. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.